Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown and we're here today to talk about some uh, super fabulous games from yesteryear. Uh, joining me today is the lovely Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello. And uh, the beautiful Ali Cornwolf. Ah, oh, hello. Uh, how you boys doing? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Uh, I say we're good. I'm good. I'm, I'll, Ali needs to speak for himself, obviously. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> it's the eve of the new Grand Prix season. Yeah, it's oh. qualifying tomorrow, the day after we're recording this. I'm excited about it. I've just joined Ali's Fantasy F1 League, which I'm actually quite excited about. And the only thing we haven't done, we actually haven't set up a championship for this year. We haven't started doing it yet. And we need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I need to I need to join the Fantasy F1 League, I think, because I've been playing fantasy football since I had a child because the NCT group I was in do it every year. <laughs> That's that's my concession to football. So if I could do if I could do fantasy football and not know anything about it, I don't think I've checked my team since I set it up in um, I don't even know when the football season starts. When was that? <laughs> September. August. Have you, yeah. Have you won like the last three years? <laughs> do you know I ironically enough, I um I did win one year because I everyone thought I was cheating, but I was just following the rules by making clever captain substitutions and I worked out that if if I swapped my captain on the occasions that I, I could according to the rules. I could maximise the points I scored every week because no one else had twigged it. <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, but but I have. I, I think I am losing miserably this year because, like I said, I've not I've not checked my team since September. Right. So I'm going to join. I'm not going to be a threat. Don't worry. No worries. You never know. <laughs> Senna's still driving, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Schumacher. Yeah, what Bruno? Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I have Hill and if you, if you want Hill and Ed, Herbert, Eddie Irvine, that's fine. Hill and Herbert are still presenting it, so you're all right there. <laughs> they might not finish first. <laughs> okay, uh, so what are we what are we doing here today? Well, well, we've kind of kicked it off. Well, you've kicked it off by thinking back in the past about your knowledge of F1 and, yeah. and making <laughs> all of us feel very old. But yeah, it, it, Ali, Ali, you had the suggestion. Go on, tell us. I, I won't lie; it's something that's coming up on a future episode of Film Guff as well. Uh, but basically, at the start of the year. A lot of people on Facebook were doing a 10-year challenge and it was, here's a picture of me 10 years ago. And whether you believe it or not, apparently it could be a way of the CIA and various other agencies taking these pictures to define their aging process or youthfulness. Oh man, you're paranoid. Yeah, no, no. I read about this and I really love that idea because it's it's just <laughs> essentially about training a database, isn't it? It's about yeah. training and intelligence and... Yeah, what well, what better than to have a defined data set where you say, here's two images, one is 10 years older than the other, look for yep. what's different and what's the same, and then and then do a trend analysis of it. Cause Genius. It's a bit bizarre, because you would, <laughs> thought, you would have thought that people would do it on 2020. 10 years ago, 2010, what did you look like? But for some reason, we did it in 2019. Yeah, but so mate, that was by, the... by 2020, it'll be out in the wild. It'll be it'll be an active <laughs> action at every train yeah. station and airport. It'll be that you automatic walk for you. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that that was that was part of the rumor. But everyone was doing it on Facebook. So I came up with the idea that how about uh, we do it for games? So what uh, games were released in 2009 compared to obviously 10 years ago from from 2019? I'm 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 going to suggest without giving any spoilers away on the list. But we're still playing the same games 10 years on. Not all of them. <laughs> some of them have, have epically died. And some systems, well, a lot of them 10 years ago are systems that some people still play, but they're it's not, not active ago. as such. Like, for example, the PS3 is now out of production. Yeah, the Ouya. And that. It, we're just going to pick some games, have a chat about them, and see what happens. All right, cool. lovely stuff. Well, let's let's jump in, shall we? Why not? And I take it this is in no particular order. We're just going to rattle through a big long list. Between us, we've already discussed um, our three big titles that we're going to talk about. And then we'll just rattle through a few honourable mentions, if you were, games that we did play quite a bit um, yeah. as we as we go through. Sounds good. Right. So the two was going to kick uh, us off? Right, yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll kick us off then. So looking back 10 years, there were, I mean, there were some awesome games released in 2009 i think the the one thing that it's done is kind of made me think oh yeah 2009 was a really good year in gaming and i'm maybe if we went back and we looked at other years we'd we'd think the same i don't know but no there's something special about 2009 yeah. maybe 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, the movie industry, no spoilers for Film Guff uh, episode that's coming out soon, but uh, that was immense and I struggled to pick. I think we did three films each, um, or it might have been five in the end because there were so many good films. So kind of looking looking at the uh, looking at the list of things that were released, I mean, some of the smaller things, uh, close to your own hearts, Colin McRae, Dirt 2. Oh, yeah. I spent far too many hours on that. Uh, platinum, that game. Rinsed it. Loved it. A uh, game, uh, well, a series we were talking about. Uh, I don't even know when that came out. When did the trials thing come out? When did we post that? Have we posted it? Is that coming on Tuesday? Yes. Yeah, no. It was It was last week's. I kid, I kid, we, I kid. We, we posted it. It actually came out two weeks before recording this. Oh, uh, I can't. And it was the yeah. it was the first episode in March. We've never yeah. been in a position before where we're putting out so much regular content that I can't remember when things were were actually posted. <laughs> um, but Trials HD was uh, released on yeah. the Xbox Live Arcade in two thousand nine. Wow! Yeah. And an, yeah. another XBLA classic, Shadow Complex, as well. And they were both released. Yeah like a week apart whatever i mean matt looking looking through what what floats your boat off off the smaller things oh well there was there were loads um dj hero oh yeah that was right up your street yeah yeah i mean it spawned it should have been up your street as well spawned a second game but dj hero in itself i I have a a lovely fond memory of, of heading around to um vdj omb's Heading around to Connors with my turntable. So he had it as well. So we could do two DJs and he had microphones from SingStar. And that's where we learned you could actually rap along to the songs as well. And him oh. doing a Soldier Boy rendition still is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And, and why is I this not I only wish I recorded that. <laughs> I wish we had. It was hilarious. I would pay good money to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll 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 see your uh, DJ hero and I'll and I'll raise you a a guitar hero Metallica. Oh, nice! Uh, which was more my jam back in the day, and I remember playing that a lot. Um, I I carted that game plus guitars because I think you got two guitars with it, if I remember rightly, or with certain packs, uh, and the drums and whatnot. Oh. And really, really enjoyed that. I'm a big Metallica fan. It was right in the heart of. The, the music peripheral games, wasn't it? Because yes. I, think, I think there were two or three Guitar Hero versions released that year. Was this the um, second game where it was purely on one artist? Was the first one Aerosmith? I think. It, it might have been, but then didn't we get... Did we get one of the rock bands that year? Was it Rock With Smith? Beatles. There was all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it was right in that period, right where those big plastic chunky controllers came into their own. And yeah. face it, we were all playing them. In some some way, shape, or form. It would have been about that time. Was Guitar Hero three that I remember playing on the Wii. That's the only. Yes. That's the only version I ever owned and played. I yeah, to, so I, Guitar Hero three and Metallica came out around the same time. Yeah, we had we had three as well and and played that to death. Super! Oh, great, great, great fun. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else was? I'm not going to say this one's fun because it was just weird but <laughs> strangely addictive. But uh, do you remember Nobby Nobby Boy? I don't. No. It was exclusive to the PS3. It was controlling a worm-like thing with dual sticks. You just had to make it move a distance. But all the distance data was uploaded to a central server that calculated full distance. And the target was to get Nobby Nobby Boy to the moon. It was really weird. And one of those lovely, obscure bits of throwaway bizarreness that Sony used to put out, which we don't see anymore. I, d- I know I'd never played that one. Uh, what, I, what I did, speaking of Sony, it would have been around about the time I picked up a PSP Go. Oh. The things I remember from my PSP were Little Big Planet, the. Um, yep. The port. Yeah, yeah. Not really port. It was a sequel, really, wasn't it? To the. the PS3 game that was um, released the year before. Yes, as far as my yeah. We'll go with that. I don't know either way. I was, I was just... It was yeah, sequentially. It was the yeah. um, <laughs> it was the it was the one where he's like going on holiday, and I think you start in Australia, and then you travel off to different different places around the world. Is that the one that was voiced by Stephen Fry. I think they all were, weren't they? Yeah, I think the first the first three plus the PSP. I I can't remember. I think the Vita one might have been as well. Oh okay. And then also on the PSP was Gran Turismo PSP. 
I had that. As I had well. that. Yeah, it it wasn't as good as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> no, no, we we were waiting for a PSP Gran Turismo for a long time. Yeah, that was as always. It's a Gran Turismo game. It's in development forever, um, and we were so excited for it, and we got it, and it it looked great. It played great. It just had no Gran Turismo mode. The entire point of wanting it on handheld, and yeah. it didn't have what we wanted. Yeah, it was just it was just an arcade racer where yeah. you you could import your cars from GT Five, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some great ideas. Just where was where was the stuff we really wanted? That was the big question for Polyphony. There was it the PSP or was it the Vita that was rumored for years? I don't know if it ever actually worked where you could sync. I guess it would be with the PS3, one of those two handheld devices, and use it as a rear, rear view mirror. It was the Vita. It was it was when they were still. I think it was no. before they launched, wasn't it? No, it was. It? Um, no, Ali's right. It was actually supposed to be implemented for the PS3 F1 game, and that you could use the PSP as a rear view mirror, and it actually never came to fruition. As no, far but it was, as I it remember, it was rumored for Gran Turismo as well. I thought it was the PSP. To kind of reveal when they were saying that was a thing you were going to be able to do remote play, I didn't realize it was the PSP. I did, it was supposed to be on the PSP um, back back mm. with the original release. Oh god, was it the F1 Championship Edition that they called it when they released the PS3, and it was yeah. supposed to hook up to that? I think you were supposed to have both copies, and it would do it, but I don't think it was actually there in the end. I mean, it's, it it sounds good and everything, but then when you think about it logistically. You're going to have to dangle your PSP from the ceiling to, <laughs> yeah, to make it yeah. work. Oh, like an air freshener. Like, I mean, otherwise you just, you've got it sat in your lap and every time you need to look behind you, you're looking at your crotch. And that just doesn't, <laughs> yeah. that's not you're good not driving technique. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, so go on, I'm, I'm seeing something on this list, which must have been your favourite game from 2019. And you're studiously avoiding it. Oh, uh, well, Angry Birds. 2019? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's still his favourite game 10 years on. So that that must have been the first creation of it. And I saw something random about how many different games that the the developers of that had gone through. And they were almost went bust. And then they got to Angry Birds, which has now got a film. And there's a second one coming out. Work that one out. So I think what Uh, what Ali's done there is taken me literally, isn't he? He has. Yes, no, I was yeah. going to mention it myself. <laughs> I like, do you not like Angry Birds? Angry Birds is great. We d- we do, but, but but I was trying to get Andy to talk about his other favourite game that's oh. on the list. <laughs> Matt Matt wants me to talk about Hannah Montana. <laughs> Actually, it's not. It's an awesome game. I really enjoyed Hannah Montana. I'm not. I'm not going to have anyone say a bad word about it. We're, we're not trying to say bad words. We just. I've, I've not played it. I've avoided it. Point out it. that you you've played it. It's a nice, easy platinum. I, I know, but Matt won't let me submit it. Probably. If you want to submit Hannah Montana Alley, you are more than welcome. No, you are, thanks. I can see the colour you're turning at the thought of that appearing on your trophy list. <laughs> I, I stand by it. I think I, I went in with a, a, a sense of irony firmly strapped on, on and um, no, I really enjoyed it. It was good. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> you went in with a strap on then, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And moving this swiftly on. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to move this on. So, taking the Angry Birds comment and actually sticking with that mobile piece. Plants vs. Zombies was 2009. Do you know, um, do you know, to this I, day, you know, I, don't, I don't think I've played that. It's all right. I enjoyed it, and I don't know if it's maybe one of the better mobile games that converted to console because it, it was actually as playable as the mobile version. And I put more hours into it actually on console than I did did on the phone, even though the phone version was free. It was um it was quite quite strange. But yeah, properly enjoyed that. Didn't enjoy the second one as much though. There's too much too much pay mechanics involved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I guess for me, other things on the list would be Forza Motorsport three. So got the key ring. Oh right. I got the collector's edition of that when there was a collector's edition. That was that was good fun. That was before I... I've always been a fan of racing car games and always played them, but that was before a couple of series. I think it's Forza Motorsport 5 where I really started to take it seriously. And yeah. I now run no assists and different things. But yeah, that was that's always a, a good mention. Because um, I think 4 was a bit meh. Oh, it might have been okay, actually. 
and five was a bit mad. I can't remember. They get a bit hit and miss until they patch them out. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 2. Ah, uh, yeah. Fixed all the issues that they had with Assassin's yeah. Creed and made a very playable game and introduced us to Ezio, who's yeah. still arguably one of the best gaming characters we've had in the yeah, last yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Like you say, it fixed a lot of the issues. It made the free running, climbing and things a lot more fluid. Because um, I remember on the first one when you used to free fall down, it used to pretty much just fall rather than just kind of clamber your way down. Whereas yeah. now they made it more smooth and yeah, uh, yeah. And they they wrote the story well, they built it well, and they made him the the star of it, which was yeah. probably the tougher thing to do. Because Altair was not he was he was slightly better than Aiden Pierce, but not much. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was it Assassin's Creed Two where it was in Italy? Yeah, yeah. And you had to get on the hang glider thing and go across all the chimneys that have all the things of fire towards oh, I end can't of the remember if that was two or th- brotherhood or brotherhood no i've not played brotherhood must be two i can't i genuinely no. can't remember yeah. i genuinely no, yeah. can't remember I enjoyed but, that but bit, no was assassin's it. creed 2 was definitely the step on and probably the reason why we still have assassin's creed yeah. today because yeah. i don't if they hadn't fixed it that would have been dead in the water mm-hmm. while we're talking free running prototype that was oh. a that was a fun game. That was a proper proper old school single A title. Was that uh, Alex Mercer? Was that the guy? Was that? It was. It was the man infected with something that nobody knew what, who just went around mimicking people by eating them yeah. and absorbing them and running up buildings and battering tanks. It was dumb fun. Yes, but, but yeah. that was the thing. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, I I missed it the first time around, and I played Prototype 2 first. But I think it's interesting that in the second one, they were brave enough to turn Mercer into the bad guy. Yes. Yeah, they did. They did flip it around. It worked It worked well. No, so I, I enjoyed Prototype, and, and good, dumb, fun, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that game was awesome. It was. I, it I was tried brilliant. so hard to get the Platinum on that, and I think I have, was, I have the Platinum on that one. Do you? Yeah, um, it oh, was, I think I had it on Xbox. It was just ridiculous. It was ridiculously entertaining to yeah. slice people apart with Wolverine's and claws. And it wasn't it was. too much like the film either. It, f- it followed loosely. Yeah. But it added the extra bits in and built a bit of extra story and, and tied a few bits together in the whole X-Men universe, actually, that it made you go... It was just a really Ooh. good platformer. Yeah, it really was. Good. Raven Software as well, which... They did. They do Singularity not long after that. And weren't they the ones who ported Modern Warfare recently? Did the remastered? But anyway, X Men Origins Wolverine, it was. Yeah. It was a good action, dumb game. Yeah, with your little upgrades and different things. And I think you had yeah. to play through it twice to get the platinum I've got on a, a feeling, hard difficulty. I've got a feeling that I did it at least three times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where I didn't get the. I think I had an Xbox for a thousand gamer points, but I was close. I know it's like I thought eight hundred and something or nine hundred and yeah. something, but yeah, really good fun. Yeah. No, it was. It was. We don't get enough of those games anymore. The ones where they they just they've got a nice level of polish on them, but they're they're quite clearly not the five years in develop multi million dollar budget games. With but they are just good fun and they're good to throw thirty quid at and enjoy. Yeah. In a similar vein, then, to Prototype and, I guess, X-Men Origins with um, conflicted male protagonists trying to trying to walk the line between good and evil, Infamous. Oh, yes. Yeah, Infamous 1, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a game, a possib- possibly another game you could you could chuck in the Assassin's Creed vein that it, it did work, and I'll give it Infamous worked a lot better than the original Assassin's Creed did. Um, but they fixed a lot for the second one that that made it smoother and even more fun to play. But that that's a, a series I would have liked to have kept going. And I know we did get up to um, Second Son and Last Light on the current generation, which were visually stunning, but they they lost the character of, of Cole McGrath, unfortunately, and I, I never thought that the new beanie hat-wearing denim punk did any good. <laughs> Delsin Rowe. You know, no no offence to Troy Baker's performance, but, but Delsin was a <laughs> I'm starting to think I can see why you don't like the guy in Watch Dogs 2 now. 
Marcus. Oh, Marcus. Marcus. Because there's a bit of the Delson about him, actually, isn't there? Yeah, there yeah. is. There's yeah. quite a lot of the Delson about him. But yeah. 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 But the original Infamous was a lot of fun to play. I think I did play yeah. through that one twice, get both the good and the bad endings. And uh, the, the second one I absolutely loved. I thought they, if they I remember nailed rightly, it. Wasn't Infamous one of the first games that took that? Because quite a few games have had that good and evil bit. But I think, wasn't that the first game that kind of took it to another level? Where it really gave you those conflicted choices, and you wasn't sure where it was going to go. I, and I don't know if it was the first, but they definitely implemented it well. Yeah, and I, I, like I say, I can't remember if it's first or second, but where you used to walk around, and if you were evil, oh yeah, the the yeah. The, the, the crowd, the you know, people reacted to you in a, they in throw, a certain throw way rocks as well. at you while you were climbing buildings, yeah. knock you off, and the yeah yeah, and the actual area. It might have been the second one. I'm getting a little bit confused with because the posters and things and graffiti would change and stuff as well. Yeah, the game that always comes to mind for me when you're talking about moral choices and uh, how it impacts your gameplay is uh, is it was it Jedi Knight Two? Yeah, where you could choose whether you, ah. you, you by your actions whether you went towards the dark side or the light side, and that mm. impacted the force powers you had. That that was great. They were awesome games. That we we need we need. We've, I know we've discussed this quite a few times in recent episodes, but we need we need more good Star Wars games. I, th- I think, I think we just that choice element. Actually, I think that was in. I think it was actually started in Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight. Yeah, maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, but it. it I presume I didn't actually play Jedi Knight Two, so I can't oh. say that one. But I I guess they took it that bit further, so that maybe yeah. they did they did implement it better. But you could go. Yeah, fully good or evil in in Jedi Knight. No, yeah, Jedi Knight Dark Forces Two. That's the one I'm. That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, which I I still have somewhere. That was an amazing nice. game. Oh. Nice. Yeah, this is sad. Going back to my when I I was actually a PC gamer in the late nineties, but you could mod it so you could change the color of your lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> everyone did that. <laughs> what color did you go for? Purple, obviously. I was I was yeah. Uh, Mace Windu, yeah. baby. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, from from Dark Forces two. No, no, no. From Dark from Dark Forces to just Sinister Forces. Resident Evil five. An umbrella. That was a good game. I enjoyed that. We did a lot of co-op on that. You always made me be Shiva. <laughs> you wanted to be Shiva. <laughs> you just yeah. like looking at Chris. So he's so manly. His his arms are too big to fit through doors. He's just, just, <laughs> it's just a giant ludicrously big. Yeah, it's just a tree. I know it didn't get the the acclaim because it had a tough act to follow with Resident Evil Four, but yep. it was actually very good fun in co op. It really was. Yes. and I kept going back to it. I went back to it for five years on and off. And I bought it again on the PS4. And I mean, to it all because I love it. You, certain times when you played it, you you could come across maybe there was a little bit of scarcity of ammo and stuff like that. But Resi Five always felt like the point in the series for me where the the game threw away the pretense of the survival horror and just went yeah, full yeah, bombast. Do you know what I mean? Just like. Yeah. Balls to the wall, Chris Redfield. Yeah. Yes. There were lots of picking up miniguns, uh, encamped emplacements, sniper rifle shootouts, big monsters. It, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Uh, to quote Spinal Tap, it, it just it went to 11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they tried to turn it beyond 11 with 6 and ended up at 2. Yeah, they, just, they, they blew their speakers. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I love the time that we spent playing Resi 5. Yeah, it was just an awesome co-op game. It really was, especially yeah. um, especially when you'd played because I think we must have played through it at least twice. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We we did it did it multiple times. And then did it have like a time attack boss mode or something like that? Yes, yeah. yeah there was like a yeah, there was like a boss mode, the survivors mode. There was um, Wesker. Oh man. Oh, I, I tell you the the toughest part of that game was Jill. Yeah, Jill ripping that fight on the professional difficulty. Ripping that, that thing off hardest. her chest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was insane. That was the bit that took me. Five, that's why I kept going back over five years. It took me about four years to get past her. <laughs> yeah, and the amount of times he just killed her because the aim was off slightly oh. with the magnum and it oh. just blew her head off instead of <laughs> <laughs> instead of shooting the the thing on her chest. Yeah, it's an awful, awful section of game. 
I have owned three, I think I've owned three versions of Resi 5. <laughs> so I had the original version, then I think I traded that because I found the gold edition cheaper than the trading price of the version that I had, which had all the DLC with it, so I bought that one. I've had the PS4 version. God, I may have well had another version of it at some point. That's when I started playing it because I bought the gold edition. It was like 12 quid, wasn't it? Yeah. It was something ridiculously cheap. I, I found that cheap, told you about it, and you were like, I'm going to buy that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was around, it was arguably a week later, we bought, in the same vein, House of the Dead Overkill. Oh, amazing game. Yes. Which isn't on this list, but we're mentioning it anyway. So from one, not quite a sequel, but uh, another one in the series, uh, Uncharted 2. We saw a second one of them in 2009, which was loads of fun. Can we have a bit of an amnesty here? Go on. I've still not played that. You're not? You've not got the collection on yep. your PS4? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got that. Ah. <laughs> well, you've not played Uncharted at all, or just the second just one? Just the second one. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. You, you really needed an amnesty on that one, because arguably that is the greatest game of the PS3 generation. Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Stop recording. Go and play it. Yeah. Right, we're, we're back in six hours. <laughs> Twenty. Mm, yeah. It's quite a long one. But yeah, that was that was a really, really good game and, and where the series started to take off, I think. It did, and I think the th- the third when Drake's Deception came, it just it was probably on a par with it. Yeah. But it couldn't top it. It was such a cinematic and well put together story, and the the remastered versions are superb. Um, so we've we've picked three big ones as we've mentioned. Um, so uh, Matt start us off with pick one of the three, which with whichever one. Well, I'm I'm going to go with actually the smallest. I think of the three. Um, yeah, they're all big, but but this is arguably the smallest one. And a little bit back to the co op stuff. It's Borderlands. I, I haven't got sales numbers in front of me, but I, I seem to vaguely remember it wasn't the biggest release at the time. It had a troubled development. Um, we'd had all these lovely video clips and um, almost live action cutscenes and things through the whole development process, and then it went off the grid. It just disappeared, and they reworked it from scratch and brought the cel-shaded style in. And it released, and I don't think people really knew what to make of it, especially it wasn't near Rage... But I can't remember if Rage was just in people's subconscious and it maybe felt a little bit like that. But over time, people got into it and it was people getting Mm. into it late. And I know I got into it mainly because I had three or four people on my friends list who kept saying, this is a cracking co-op game. Just go and buy it. It did reasonably well, actually. It was was well-received by critics and and fans alike. And it was, I think, released in October 2009. Yeah, it was was quite... And by by December, it sold... Two million copies. Oh, so it did yeah. do. It did do all right. I did. I didn't think it had had the impact, but um, I know I didn't pick it up until sort of mid two thousand and ten. But actually, it was it was stonking. It really was. You could just lose hours traipsing around with friends, taking on all those all those enemies that were massively overpowered. Yep. And then chucked us the two sequels as well, the Borderlands two, which I think. It bettered with the character design and the variety of people that you met. Yeah, you, nobody ever forgets Tiny Tina. Yeah. Oh God, no! I mean, the one the one thing I will say about Borderlands is I I picked it up again in two thousand and ten, and I did find it a bit repetitive. A lot of the a lot of the things that you were sent to do and find, and actually, it was Borderlands two when it really clicked for me, just yeah. because the the characters and the the story and it just i don't know it felt more rounded like a sequel should be yeah yeah Yeah. but the base was there and the the core mechanics the random generation of guns the stuff you could do with them um and i think it's got to be the first game that really taught me not not to hoard yeah as soon as you get a gun that was better bin the old one scrap it sell it don't hang on to it because you just won't use it am i am i right in thinking one of the first kind of loot shooters as well yeah i think so yeah yeah it was one of the pioneers for that kind of system definitely on console i don't know if they'd had them on pc prior but it was definitely a newish concept 
to have to get your head around. I think that's I think that's what he told me. It's just don't hang on to it. Just sell it, you know. Because in five minutes' time, you're going to kill something else, which is going to drop a better weapon anyway. Yeah, is that moment is always in that series that that moment of when you you suddenly think this gun's really not cutting it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is maybe maybe it's time to time to chop and change. Yeah, you've got your favourites. You just don't want to let go, but. But but that's actually where Borderlands Two kind of improved, wasn't it? It let you, to a degree, upgrade, so that you didn't have to get rid of them as fast. Yeah, you could re-roll them, couldn't you? Yeah, and but then you had your own your own personal stat upgrades, which added the buffs to the weapons as well, and it meant they didn't run out as fast, which was which was nice. But the original, I I played out. I must have put sixty seventy hours into that game. It was a it, it was a, a staple for a good few weeks. Yeah, all right, good. Borderlands is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. So, go on, go on, Andy, you take. Come on, what's the next one? Well, I, I think I know which one we should leave till last, so I'm going to say Batman Arkham Asylum. That was 2009. How are we not leaving that till last? What's what's happening here? I Shame. I think because when, when we get to that last one, <laughs> we... We had to press on and hit record at the beginning of this. Otherwise, we'd have just spent like 30, 45 minutes talking about the game we're going to move on towards before we'd even, <laughs> before we'd even started doing any podcasting. <laughs> so that's why, that's why Batman's coming, coming now. It's in no detriment to how good a game that it's is. awesome. And it's basically defined what makes a superhero game ever since. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's a genuine genre changer. It's... it's uh, you bleep it out, but it's f-ing incredible. I love it. <laughs> I've I've purchased this game, Arkham Asylum alone. Well, some of it has come with a city as well. I think I'm on my fourth time. I'm a fourth playthrough as well. Wow. Oh, oh, have I owned it five times? So I had it on the the 360 when it came out, and then I found my obsession with the collector's edition, which spurred on from City Origins and. Uh, night is it night? The, the Arkham night. Arkham night. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then I had to go and buy the uh, the first one again to get the boomerang. Uh, not the boomerang, the batarang. And then I've got it on the PlayStation Four because they brought yeah. out the remastered edition. And then, yeah. granted, I've not brought it, but it's on the Game Pass. I know it's not. Yeah. It's not relevant to um to Arkham Asylum. But when Arkham Knight came out, I think was it the weekend we were doing that Hitman trailer thing, Matt. Well, it might have been because you because yeah. you came to my house and we were going to be we were going to be recording a piece on the the new Hitman 2016 trailer that had just just come out and they announced and we just yes. spent all weekend playing Arkham Knight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Arguably, a lot of people say that it's it's a bit meh and with the tank and that, but I I, I enjoyed it. it. But anyway, uh, back to yeah. back to Asylum. Yeah, the comic book geek in me just adored it. Absolutely loved it. I loved all the storytelling that went on that wasn't explicit but but kind of went on through the collectibles and the things you could find the bits mm. of story elements the joker riddles yep the number of different characters you came across yep yeah like little mini bosses yeah. and stuff the voice acting is phenomenal having Ken, having kevin conroy as batman was just amazing but mark hamill oh the my joker. god yep. <laughs> it's just amazing yeah. it was just it, it was such a solid game and obviously city built on that a couple of years later um, where you where it wasn't as linear, I guess a little bit. Although it doesn't mean that Arkham Asylum was necessarily city opened out a lot more. Whereas Arkham Asylum, although you could go around and go where you wanted, you were literally confined to the asylum. Yeah. Um, but it's just such a fantastic combat system that has brought on so many other games since them. So already Shadows of Mordor games. Have, have taken a lot of combat techniques from that. I'm trying to think of a few other games that, that have taken it. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, uh, yeah. Spider-Man used yeah. the, the combat system arguably back from the PS2 version, but it's yeah. heavily influenced by the fluidity and contextual yeah. actions of the Batman games. And it, it was, was just yeah. it was just so, so well produced. And I remember when it came out, and, I, and I'm fairly certain it was extremely polished at the time as well. I don't think there was a lot of... Bugs, glitches, there might have been a few here and there. I don't remember a single one from the original release, but no. it was it was bang on and the, the build up for it, the press, the trailers, everything yeah. made it look 
like one of those games that you genuinely look at and go, that's not running on this current generation. That is too good. But it wasn't. Yeah. It was exactly what we got. And it was the depth of it as well. I mean, yeah. the, the amount of different... You've got all your Riddler trophies to get. There was random challenges to, to blow up balloons. And you had all your different gadgets to unlock. And then you had the, like, so you had your normal, everyday kind of running around, beating up people. But then you had the bits where you had to go and stealthily take out people. Yeah. And, and do the, the whole Batman thing. And then their heart rate went up. And, that was it. You had oh. your, your investigations, your detective mode, your predator yep. mode, your combat challenge. Oh, it was, it, it had oh, the, the, a the, brilliant variety. The kind of scarecrow yeah. platforming sections as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really creepy and unnerving in parts. Almost a little bit Hellblazer-esque. Yes. With the way yeah. he went that year. The thing that I was found about it was that with so many different things going on, no particular aspect of it overstayed its welcome. No, not at all. It's really, really, really nicely paced. And just some of the plot beats were just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yep. Or you, you kind of think, yes, I'm really making some progress now. And then something would happen in the plot and you'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'd love to know how many people that are listening to this and if it happened to you guys. Uh, the bit about midway through the game where you have another, I think it was a Scarecrow encounter where you were actually the Joker but before it actually loaded into it, it went glitchy and kind of froze for a few seconds. And until I think my second or third playthrough, because I've played through this game too many times, I still remember restarting my Xbox <laughs> because you think it's crashed because it just like glitched out, doesn't it? When it because it then takes you back to the start of how the game first yes, starts, but you're actually the Joker. The thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be yeah. I'll be honest. And the first time that did that did kind of make me think, what has just happened? But then it's like if you if you remember back to um, Metal Gear Solid on the on the PS One with the Hideo screen when uh, yes. Psycho Mantis takes control of yes. it, yes, like it's changing. Yeah, 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 yeah. control so, on is going to make it move. That got me. That got me the first time I ever played it. No, 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 Batman was stunning. It was it delivered in exactly the right ways, and we got what we wanted out of it. And I think, and the two sequels that followed will have the detractors. I I still think. Asylum is actually the most tightly controlled and presented game. I think when they moved out into the open world, they lost a little bit of control of it. And maybe the familiarity with the mechanics yeah. means it's not as impactful in the sequels. Mm. But they are great games. Even Origins was a good Origin, game. I enjoyed Origins. People um, slate it. But... It isn't produced by Rocksteady, but actually it was it was a decent game as well. Yeah, uh, But they're whole introduction the asylum piece if anybody ever said they wanted to play a batman game that's the one that is the one you have to play first yeah yeah fantastic you felt like batman didn't you and i think that's the most yeah uh, that's that's probably yeah. the biggest compliment you can play it is you yeah. you went in and you thought i am batman yeah and i i fully expect every single gamer in the world said exactly that after the first time they batter the hell out of the punks in the yeah. intro cells that joyous feeling when you mastered the um, when you mastered the the block and um, the attack buttons and the and the various yeah. combos. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I, I, I'd argue that it's probably I know Spider Man might be reaching for it, but I would argue that it's probably the best comic book video game we've ever had. Yeah. I'm not gonna dis- I'm not gonna disagree. No, I, I think there's a good I, chance. I think, yeah, yeah because although Spider Man is really good and the story is great does kind of give those nods back to Batman and I guess Spider-Man too. But I think Batman is took what Spider-Man 2 had and just, you know, I mean, and Rocksteady haven't done anything else since, which is mad. Yeah, it's the Batman series and that's it, isn't it? Yeah. 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 No, it, it, I'm, I'll go with you on that. It, it is. It's timing, it's presentation. The, the point it came out, nothing has bettered it. But a degree, Spider-Man came very close. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Quinale Lead, leads in. So the last ruin, one. Ruin the suspense. Let people know. know what they've probably already guessed. <laughs> uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Yes. Um, yeah. So I guess this is going to be one of the very few times that we talk about Call of Duty in such a, a lovely light. Well, do you, we, it is because it's the, after the this game. <laughs> you see, but this, yeah. this is it. I, I used to be a massive advocate of the series. I used to love it. Absolutely loved it. And, it, and it's yeah. Modern Warfare 2 that gave me my love of the series. Modern Warfare 2 and, and the first Black Ops. And I think after that, Modern Warfare 3 
was good. It was a, a nice way to wrap up that that trilogy. But after that, they've lost their appeal to me, really. But yeah, it's just the that. storytelling in it. It was great. It was really, and, it, and this is the thing about two thousand nine. There were just some some really brilliant story driven action games. The the story is good. Uh, for me, it was the fact it, it followed immediately on from the first one, and the story had blown everybody away in the first game, and then this came, and just amped it. But it had the negative press to drive it as well, with the whole no Russian controversy. Yeah, and I have to say, there's not often there's not often when a game puts a a, a screen up at the beginning saying, look, this has some really awful content, and if you want to skip it, you can select this option yeah. now and then gives you the same message just before the level you're about to play and I'll, yeah. I'll be honest i sat there and i thought oh god what a load of you know what a load of nonsense it's just hyperbole and then you play no russian and i don't know about you but honestly i was just i was i was just, just stunned silent and almost a bit in shock as you play through that and you're like surely it's going to be mission over if i kill it no oh shit. i didn't i didn't shoot anybody until the uh, spoilers to anybody who may not have played Modern Warfare 2, you might get your chance in a f- few months time because the remastering it I didn't shoot anybody until it hit the point where enemies actually appeared you can just walk through it but that's not the intent they actually expect you to join in with the other terrorists and it is yeah there is a, a very poignant feel as you're in that and, and you were left with that decision so that is Modern Warfare Two is the one in the airport, isn't it? That's yeah. the scene you're on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I, rem- I remember. Like, like you said, there's a lot of controversy about it. Some people were I'm not saying that it was it was easy at all, but I think it just got took to the extreme because at the end of the day, it's storytelling. And you know, if it was in a film, it'd be okay. Yeah. But because you're actually doing those actions, it seemed to be frowned upon. I guess. Yeah, I, I uh, genuinely, uh, ten years on, I'm not sure it would get past today. No, I'm not. I, no, I don't think it would. I mean, the events, it would have to be events a cut that scene, have happened since I then, it, it, I don't think it would. No. And, but that one scene seemed to define the game in the press for that year, but it actually, that five-minute segment hides some of the tightest gameplay and tightly scripted moments that don't feel like you're being guided that I think I've ever been through. But I, I'm, we, we mentioned yeah. we mentioned a bit earlier on the favela level. <laughs> that yeah. that yeah. Oh, God, yeah. the, there is pretty much I, I I think one route through that level, but you feel like you are lost. Yeah, in the entire Warren. The the one comment <laughs> talking about favela, the the one comment you've put down here in in the notes that we've made is <laughs> veteran difficulty, which absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> The second, the second we talk, said, "Yeah, you know, let's talk about Modern Warfare 2, my mind immediately went to favela and grenade spam. Oh yeah, it, a veteran in any Call of Duty game is is a grenade spam fest. It is that's the only way they amp the difficulty. They just lob them at you. And I actually, I've always thought it's a poor way of doing a difficulty setting. Yeah, but I persevered with this game. I usually wouldn't. I, I gave up on it on." Um, I think it was Black Ops. I just refused to do the veteran difficulty at that one. Uh, but with this, I did. I did it. I I stuck with it. I did every level right till the end. It was, it was one that I felt achievable, and I I still loved the script and the story enough to do it. But then it wasn't just about the story, was it? No, but but I have to say the the plot points in it in the story were still ones to this day that that i remember and there's not many games where i can sit there and think oh yeah i remember that twist or i remember that turn or i remember that thing that happening you know when you when you read that moment when you realize who you're going for in that kind of russian prison mm. um and then the submarine section when you you realize oh. the implication of, of what you've just yeah. done and how that's going to turn the tide of the battle i think call of duty has always tried since then to live up to these massive set pieces but modern warfare 2 is the one that just pulled it off effortlessly yeah um the heel turn as well quite near the end i did not see that coming yeah yeah and then what is it the you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend that bit when with the, you're trying to get across that airfield 
and there's two war there's two kind of rival factions oh yes you know there's just some there's just some really really amazing levels and set pieces in there and i don't think call of duty has ever quite lived up to what modern warfare 2 managed black ops black ops kind of did but in a different way black ops modern warfare 2 showed you what a what a small tightly disciplined unit could do in a in a full-scale war black ops showed you the more covert side of that yeah mm-hmm. and since then i just don't think the series has, has quite managed to retain the the essence of the storytelling now well it's yeah. it shifted its focus to the multiplayer to the fact it has now ditched the storytelling element completely well, that, i think they're bringing it back aren't they are they? What i've heard yeah so i've heard that they ditched it for whatever the latest one is and apparently black ops it, 4 wasn't it latest one yeah, and, and apparently it was. It's been, although the, the the multiplayer game apparently is quite good, and apparently it's one of the best. Um, for like Stu loves it, uh, kind of battle royale modes and things in it. Mm. But apparently the uh, shareholders and stuff have not been impressed with the sales figures, and they they're like, why have, why have we ditched the the storyline so, and so, single player? Yeah. So a minor minor aside, and whoever's said it in this, decide whether you want to put it in or not. Um, but um, I've been I've been having a look at some like statistics analysis software um, recently, and yeah, um, exciting life, Matt. Yeah, I do all the do all these exciting things, um, and, and just testing it out because it's it's been sort of access to all sorts of different stats for pretty much anything you can think of, research purposes. But I did actually go and have a look. Um, I found some stuff on gaming in Europe and gaming in the UK. Surveys that have been done over the last couple of years, comparison to lots of data. And there's an interesting question of the of the gamers questioned how many of them play online games. And this is focused on the UK. So I'm, I'm sure around the world it differs, it differs depending on country. Um, even within Europe, there's quite a variation. Um, but have a, have a quick guess. How many, what's the percentage of UK gamers that say they play online? So it's from a survey in 2018, so it's not too old. 25? I'll go 35. Right, bang in the middle, 29 and a bit. So if you're talking in the UK, and I think it went up to a maximum of around about 35 for France, and it was down to 20% in, I think, in Spain it might have been. But when you're talking that less than half your player base says, I'm here to play online games, that's a little bit of a, that's got to be a concern. And you can, it's just mirroring what you're saying about what they might have seen in the sales, that it does yep. put people off. People play the multiplayer if they've got the single player. Doesn't necessarily mean they go out and buy the multiplayer only. Yeah, no, or, it's that. Not in every case. It's that trade-off though, isn't it, I guess, between um, how much money they're going to make selling a full-price retail game and how much money they're going to make in the in the kind of tail afterwards in microtransactions yeah. and other things. Yeah. But if you've, if you've got upwards of half your player base not interested in the first place... Yeah, it does somewhat. That's a potential. Ties your hands, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that said, modern player bases and online games. Um, back in Warfare Two, I'd have recommended the multiplayer as a reason to go and buy it, and mainly because of the Spec Ops mode. Oh, that was such fun! The co-op missions are the yep. best best implementation of co-op I think I've ever seen in a, in an FPS. Because they were just such brilliant scenarios. The 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 Overwatch level where one of you's in a gunship and they see one thirty at yeah, night yeah. with your thermal vision and the guy on the ground running from farm building to shed to house. That was fantastic. I spent I played that level over and over with a, a Scottish motorway cop Fraser. If you're listening, I still remember the nights we put the hours into that. It was a fantastic fantastic game we were both crap at it that's why we had to spend so much time on it but but the different scenarios it took you into the how it made you feel when you completed it the star ratings that you to be honest you could kind of ignore unless you were really going for the full scores but you just <laughs> wanted to get through the level oh, I it, it was brilliant and there were so many of them it wasn't just like five and see how you could do was there was there like five or six missions in every Is tier that- and then there were there was 23 Spec Ops missions over five categories. Yeah. They were amazing. And I think I played those Spec Ops missions with 
maybe nearly everybody on my friends list at the time. It wasn't like your standard co-op game where you might just play it with one or two people for the entirety of the game. You would play with different people all the time. I think the first one was The Pit, wasn't it? Where you had to go through and do that shooting oh, range. Yes. In, um, oh, yeah. In, yeah. In the co-op. Oh, yes. Oh, such fun moments. I, I, we're talking through this now. We've, we've already briefly mentioned that it is rumoured that the, the single-player campaign is, is being remastered. I think I'll be getting it. Oh, if, they, if they add the Spec Ops in as well, I'll, I'll squeal. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't tie it in like they did with the first Modern Warfare remaster. On the, that's my concern. The rumours yeah. are they aren't. The rumours are that it will be released standalone because I don't know if there is a Call of Duty title this year. Oh, okay. So far there's been nothing mentioned. I'm sure there will be. But um, yeah. uh, I, think, I think we're in for it. But it is rumoured it is the single player only. And I don't know. It's only been mentioned in association with the PlayStation platform as well. I'd be all right. Though. I'd be all right if it was just single player because I'd I'd quite happily go back and uh, and play that through yeah. again. Oh yeah, as long as it's got Maybe the um, as long as it's got the Hall of Fame museum thing at the end where it all just goes to <laughs> shit when you press the button. <laughs> but yeah, Modern Warfare Two, game of two thousand and nine, maybe not. Because I think we're already saying maybe Uncharted 2 would have been the game of the year. But in terms of the amount that I played that and the amount of fun I had out of it, it really stands out. The top three games of 2009 um, in terms of metrics, number one is Uncharted 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and then Street Fighter 4. Oh, right. well, not even on my radar, to be honest. Yeah, uh, and believe it or not, Arkham Asylum is eight. Way um, that had an average score I can, of ninety-two. I can believe it though, because I think it's one of those games that that didn't necessarily have mass appeal when it came out, because you know it was it's superhero games were pretty niche at that point. Mm, um, yeah. it's before they went mainstream. Yeah, we it? we weren't you know we weren't in the in the midst of the comic book movie revival that we are now. And let's be honest, superhero games have been pretty crappy up until then. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah. And we got we got Batman and we got Wolverine in the same year. There we go right. Well, that was uh, that was nice. I really enjoyed going back and uh, and looking at some of those those games from uh, from ten years ago. Makes us all feel old. <laughs> wait until <laughs> wait until we do twenty years. <laughs> Might be struggling there, boys. Yeah, we've we've been near enough one of those episodes already. It isn't it isn't pleasant. <laughs> so have you got have you got a gift for us, Matthew? <clears throat> I have. I have. I've got a quiz for you. Oh yeah! Since we've been talking about games from the past, it's not actually about games from the past, but it just vaguely links in. <laughs> uh, anybody, anybody listening to the news in the UK this week is fed up of Brexit um, yep. and an indecisive government. But one of the things they might have noticed if they got through all of that is that we've had the reports that the gaming industry in 2018 in the UK was worth just under four billion pounds. Wow! It wow. surpassed movies and music combined so as an entertainment industry it's impressive Um, and to a degree it's actually still looked a little bit down on as a kid's pastime even though you get things like which have hit mainstream news this week the gaming bafta nominations so there's a there's a massive recognition it's it's hitting the public consciousness more than ever before and there's a huge commercial business around it it's not all news about gaming addiction i spent three days on a game and didn't go to the toilet or i spent four million pounds on my dad's credit card (laughs) and he didn't know we're getting away from that and it's becoming becoming more of an art form and a serious business in the public consciousness which is nice so i thought about this in terms of well games selling more than music and movies combined i wondered are the highest grossing movies and music of all time could we compare them to games Turns out we can't because you can't actually get the figures for movies. So I'm sorry, Ali. I did try to gear this a little <laughs> bit film guffy, but I can't get anywhere near. But what I do want to know is I've got some of the best selling games of all time and some of the best selling music albums of all time. Ooh. And I want between you two to tell me on a comparison which ones have sold the most. <laughs> okay. So who wants to go first? Ali. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes Call of Duty the most? Black Ops the most? I think it's Andy. I think Andy goes yeah, first because go it, it features in here. 
All right, so just simply, I want to know, between Call of Duty Black Ops yep. and Back in Black by ACDC, which of them has sold the most copies to date? Black Ops. Is correct. Well done. But Call of Duty Black Ops has sold 26.2 million copies to date. Back in Black, 26.1. Oh, that's close. Very close. Very close. Okay, Ali. Nirvana's Nevermind versus The Sims. Ooh. Who sold oh, the most copies? I'm going to go Nirvana. You would be right. Yeah. 16.7 million versus 16 million. Nice. I think The Sims has only kind of come into its own thing since like two or three. Like where it got massive numbers, but anyway. Yeah, uh, the, it could be higher, but this is just purely the original Sims. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Andy. Yeah. Appetite for Destruction against GTA Vice City. Uh, appetite for... Who's that? Guns N' Roses. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm going to go Vice City because personally I don't, I don't care for Guns N' Roses. Unfortunately, more people do care for Guns N' Roses, and it sold more. 21.6 million versus 20 million. Ali, Bat Out of Hell by Meatloaf or Pokemon X and Y? <laughs> is this like worldwide sales? This is uh, this is confirmed sales. Just Stevenage. And I'm saying that... <laughs> I'm saying that on the music side because there's actually there's, there are two figures. There's the confirmed sales from certain territories, or there's a a press release sales number which might not actually be accurate. So I'm going with the confirmed. I'm going to go Pokemon. It was Bat Out of Hell. Oh, twenty one and a half million versus sixteen point four million. So Meatloaf doing a little bit better than Pokemon. However, I will mention. Pokemon X and Y was the lowest selling of the Pokemon mm. games in the list, and all yeah. the others did outstrip Battle of Hell. Andy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adele's 21 against FIFA 18. Oh, like, oh, God. There's so many teams. Who are, Who are the Bells? Adele. Adele's. Oh, Adele. <laughs> the Bells? <laughs> Adele's album number twenty-one. Yeah, I mean versus FIFA eighteen. Uh, You're going with Adele. Sorry, were you going with Adele? Did you? No, say I, was Adele? Just, I was just sounding out. I mean, like every. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's got to be Adele because everybody I hate that. One. Everybody I know seemed to own a copy of that, and and uh, although FIFA eighteen still shifts huge numbers, doesn't it? Absolutely massive numbers. I'm going to help you here a little bit. I might, I might not. But isn't uh, that album like the biggest selling album of all time? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, is it not? We will get to the did. we will get to the biggest selling album of all time. But um, oh. no, it's it's not. Wasn't that up there then? It's Adele's or it one of It is a very high selling album. Yes, it is a yeah. very high selling album. But then, do you know what? I I seem to recall that FIFA 18 smashed some records as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a chance on FIFA 18. Okay, you should have stuck with Adele. Oh well, it was Adele. Um, 25.3 million. Versus a not to be sniffed at twenty four million copies yeah, for fair FIFA play, eighteen. Yeah, because yeah. it was FIFA eighteen that outsold, or was it FIFA nineteen? It's FIFA eighteen. That outs- yeah. outsold Red Dead Redemption, um, Red Dead Redemption yeah. in the UK. Yeah, right then back to Ali. Come on Hit over, me. Shania Twain. Oh, isn't, isn't that isn't that the fastest selling album of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Against Skyrim. I'm going to go with Shania Twain. Oh, I thought you might. It's Skyrim. Is it? It's Skyrim. 29.6 million for Shania versus 30 million for Skyrim. Skyrim's available on pretty much every platform, including the Texas TI-80 calculator, from what I remember. So, <laughs> yes, it is, I think but it is. I, I see those kind of games as a, a little bit niche as well, with it being wizards and stuff. I mean, come on, <laughs> seriously, mate. <laughs> Col- I like it. Columns bought about 20 million of those copies by himself. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the only reason it's in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy, Metallica's Metallica the Black or Album. 
<laughs> or known as Metallica. Um, or the Black Album. <laughs> can you can you got some S Club in here? <laughs> there isn't any S Club anywhere yeah, they, near. They the didn't sell well, they? <laughs> uh, so Metallica versus Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Sonic because again, I, I don't particularly care for Metallica. What? It was Metallica. Yeah, twenty-five point two versus twenty-four, and the Sonic the Hedgehog. Interesting, the twenty-four million includes all the mobile downloads as well. Oh wow, really? So that is a huge amount for Sonic to do. I um, yeah, I just I just like the little blue critter in his in his red and white striped shoes. <laughs> all right, back to Ali then. Jagged little pill by Alanis Morissette. <sighs> Or Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 isn't the right answer now. But we come back in three months and it probably will be. 23 million at the moment is Red Dead. 24.4 for Alanis Morissette. But given that Alanis' album is over 20 years old and Red Dead is less than six months, that's changing very soon. I, I, I like, I've got a lot of time and respect for Alanis Morissette after she played God in Dogma. Oh, yes. <laughs> Andy, the Eagles' greatest hits album, <laughs> which is the second best-selling album of all time. Amazing. A greatest hits album. It's, 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 because, uh, yeah. it's because everybody bought it for Hotel California and nothing else. Yeah, yeah but Hotel, Hotel California is in the top 10 greatest selling of all time as well. Um, so, yeah, Eagles' greatest hits or... Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> just, just for the, just for the sheer bloody mindedness of it, I'm going for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Super Mario Brothers. I'm actually genuinely disappointed. <laughs> I really, I really wanted it to be the Eagles. So, yeah. so Super Mario, forty-three point two million. Eagles, forty-one point two million on their greatest hits <laughs> album. Right then, okay, Ali. A chance to steal, actually, with this. Oh. Thriller, Thriller, which is the best-selling album of all time. Yeah, until, or, until last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or PUBG. <laughs> Please be Thriller. It's PUBG. F*** off. I hate that game. 50 Battle million. Royale games, I hate them all. 50 million. Versus 47.3 million for Thriller. That is that is some, a nearly 3 million gap at the moment. So, surprising? Any, anything really surprised uh, you in there? That yeah. Gaming is outstripping music sales? Yeah, I'm disappointed that the Eagles hadn't sold more. Yeah. Interestingly, this is obviously only physical sales. I suspect if there was any way measuring the streaming elements of it, there might be a completely different picture here. Yeah. But what we have score-wise is you both started brilliantly and you got the first ones right. <laughs> and then we got them all wrong. And then nothing <laughs> after that, so it's actually a tie at 1-0. Yeah. And I have a tie-break question. Boo. Oh. The tie-break question is, I want to know how many copies the best-selling game of all time has sold. Nearest person wins. I'm just debating whether I want you to guess what that best-selling game is as well. No, I just want another copies. All right, okay. The game that is sold best of all time is Tetris. <laughs> How many to the nearest million has it sold? Andy? Oh, um, 72 million. 72. Ali? So that's been around a while, hasn't it? It has. 180. Ali wins. Oh, what was it? Ah. 170 million nice. copies of Tetris have oh, been sold. It is leagues ahead of the next. I think the next was Minecraft. Uh, that is nice. absolutely phenomenal. Hey, good, good one. So I hope you've learned something and we haven't had to listen through um, Mills and Boone novels. So, you know, bonus. 
That's it, we're done. Thanks for the quiz, Matthew. Yeah. So, how does it feel being on the receiving end of a quiz for a, oh, a change? Oof, it's been horrible. a while, hasn't it? Horrible. <laughs> I've forgotten. <laughs> I've forgotten why I liked making them and not, <laughs> not taking part in them. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the trip down memory lane. Um, we hope that actually you are still playing some of those 10-year-old games in one form or another. And Stuart Neer will be. He, he hasn't got there yet. I think, he's still, <laughs> I think he's still about 18 years away from 2009. <laughs> and uh, yes, thanks for listening. Uh, you can reach out to us at, at Codet Moments if you want to say anything specific about this podcast. We're on Facebook under Codet Moments. Uh, Ali, your Twitter handle is? Corn underscore wolf. Andy, you are? At Clinical Andy. And yeah, let us know your thoughts, and we'll be back, hopefully, in a week. Bye. Bye. Ta-ra.